Shipwrecks form the stuff of legend. One of the most well-known, well-researched shipwrecks came from the largest cargo ship in the Great Lakes, the Edmund Fitzgerald. For 13 years, it was the biggest boat on the water. Some photos make it look like two ships, but it was just one. The Edmund Fitzgerald was an all-star. She and her crew made 748 round trips in her storied 17-year career. But something happened on November 10, 1975, that even the experts can't explain. Lake Superior turned from friend to foe and turned on the ship. Hurricane-force winds beat up the nearly 30,000-ton freighter, and the churning waves tossed it around like a ball of lint inside a dryer. Captain McSorley radioed for help to a nearby freighter. We have a bad list and lost both radars. He was letting them know that the ship was taking on water and was starting to tilt to one side, and they had no idea where they were. They didn't know it, but they were only 17 miles from shore. On a calm day, they would have made that trip in an hour, but this day was not calm. It was chaos. The lake was angry, and by the end of that November day, Lake Superior claimed the lives of all 29 crew members and the largest ship on the lakes. That shipwreck inspired Gordon Lightfoot's song, The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Shipwrecks form the stuff of legend because even the most seafaring sailors can find themselves in grave danger, and sadly, even in the grave when the waters turn angry and turn on a ship in the middle of the water. The Great Lakes turned on the Edmund Fitzgerald much like the Sea of Galilee turned on the disciples' little fishing boat in John chapter 6. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to Jesus Still Walks on Water on Simplify. They had just come to the end of a wonder-filled day. Jesus fed a city with a lunchable, and after he fed their stomachs, he fed their souls. He preached to them. The crowd was restless, ready for a Messiah, and they just knew this Jesus was the king they were waiting for. But Jesus slipped out of the crowd into the mountain before they could crown him king. And he sent his disciples into a boat to sail to the other side. He'd meet up with them later. As they sailed, he prayed. The sun was setting, the moon was beaming. It was a perfect night for a cruise, and the disciples knew about cruises. A handful were fishermen. They were rowing along, no concerns, no cares. They were already in the middle of the water, halfway there. Maybe they'd roast a few s'mores before lanterns out. Then, without warning, they found themselves in the middle of a fishing boat, in the middle of the sea, in the middle of a hurricane. They went from a calm cruise to rowing for their lives in seconds. This was not their first time in danger on the water as the wind pushed and the sea churned. They thought back to the last time that looked just like this time. What did we do? What did we do? I remember. Let's wake Jesus up. He'll stand up, speak up. The storm will calm down. He did it before. He'll do it again. But this time was not like the last time. This time Jesus was not asleep on the boat with them. This time Jesus was on the shore. As we live for God, we will discover He does not always answer our prayers the same way every time. God is not formulaic. If we pray A and B, God has to do C. Sometimes we pray for healing and God miraculously heals. Praise God. Other times we pray for healing and we watch God miraculously give people grace to live through their sickness. Praise God. When God answers a prayer for somebody down the road from you at church, but He doesn't answer your prayer like you hoped, God is still God. God is still good. He doesn't love you less and love them more. 
God is not formulaic. Prayer is not placing our order and demanding the chef cook it up just like we want it. Hold the onion. Give us extra cheese. Prayer is more like chef's choice. In prayer, we don't dictate the menu. We trust the chef. And Jesus was a few furlongs away from them on the mountain as the disciples worked their rescue mission. But they were getting nowhere. The fishermen were nervous. The tax collector and physician were really nervous. It seemed like every bucket of water they bailed out of the boat, the sky opened up, the waves crashed down and poured two more buckets right back into the boat. Try as they might, they just could not get ahead. They were in the unforgiving hands of a hurricane, rowing their little fishing boat for their lives. And Mark's gospel records one of the most reassuring passages in all the word of God. It's a passage you and I need to read and remember. Mark 6 verse 48 reads, Jesus saw them toiling and rowing. They could not see Jesus, but Jesus saw them. Let that sentence seek in. Write that with permanent chisel tip sharpie on your soul. They could not see him. He saw them. He saw them when they were calmly cruising. He saw them when they were fighting for their lives. It would have made for a great story if Jesus came walking on the water when the waters were as still as glass. The disciples would have applauded and slapped each other on the back. Wow, he really is something. (laughs) He walks on water. But Jesus came walking on the water when it looked like the water was about to take the disciples under. You see, these Sea of Galilee storms birth in a moment when the cold water from the mountains mixed with the warm water from the water. They form storms that claim the lives of even the most seasoned seafaring sailors. Many of the storms stir without warning. They don't come with a check engine light. Sounds a little bit like life. They strike without warning. Car accidents claim our family and friends without warning. Divorce claims our marriages and children without warning. Job loss and layoffs claim our future without warning. Addiction claims our freedom without warning. But Jesus sees it all. They don't surprise him. He saw the disciples. He sees us. They wrestled to steer their boat to safety. They saw the silhouette of a man walking on the waves. Now that's something you don't see every day. People don't walk on water. That's got to be a ghost. Talk about a bad day getting worse. Soon they were more afraid of the spooky silhouette than they were of the hurricane. They shrieked. They were surprised when they heard a friendly, familiar voice. Jesus answered, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. When Jesus showed up shipside, he calmed their fears that he was a ghost. That was close. But he pulled back the veil even further than he had previously pulled back in previous passages and he revealed to them, he, Jesus, was the I Am. The KJV reads, It is I be not afraid, but the true translation is abundantly more powerful than those words. Jesus was not just telling them, Read the name tag, boys. It's me, Jesus. Don't worry. The truest translation reads, I am. Be not afraid. Jesus made the highest divine claim he could possibly make. He did not just come from God. He was God. Jesus identified himself as I am, the same one who introduced himself to Moses as I am, the Jehovah Jireh who provided a ram for Abraham to sacrifice, the Jehovah Rapha who healed the Israelites of their deadly diseases, the Jehovah Nissi who fought for Israel against their enemies. The Jehovah Shalom who gave Gideon peace when he faced over 120,000 ruthless, relentless soldiers. The Jehovah Sabaoth who stands at the helm of all of heaven's armies. The Jehovah Raha who shepherds his sheep to safety. That Jehovah was standing in the wind on the waves that threatened their very lives. Jesus is I am. 
He's not just a baby in a manger or a crucified Christ on the center cross. Jesus is, I am. And when Peter realized Jesus was there and Jesus was, I am, he asked Jesus if he could walk on water with him. Peter could not believe what he was doing. He typically spoke before he thought, but this time he was acting before he thought. But he really could not believe what he was seeing. He threw one leg over the boat, then the other. It was time to hold on or let go, do or die. The die part scared him. Peter let go of the boat and began to walk on water. He and Jesus are the only two to ever use the sea for a sidewalk, especially in a storm. And maybe the thunder clapped or the lightning lit up the sky, but something caught Peter's attention and he looked away from Jesus just long enough to look around. And suddenly he began to fret and sink. But Jesus reached out and saved him. And then, when they both boarded the boat, the storm calmed. Jesus demonstrated by walking on the sea and calming the churning sea that he commands power over nature. Even the wind and waves obey him because Jesus still walks on water. He walks on everything that worries us. The doctor's diagnosis, the bills you can't pay, the fear of being forgotten, Jesus walks all over those. There are precious people in our families and church family who hear the howling wind and feel the stinging rains and crashing waves, and you wonder how long you can bail water and stay afloat. Jesus has good news for you, abundantly good news for you. The I Am is here. and He has the power to calm the storm, and he has the power to calm us. When we realize whom we're serving, we will fret less and trust more. Jesus is I Am. He is Almighty God. He is with us. And Jesus still walks on water. I can't help but wonder what storms are churning in your life and what you're going through, what you're dealing with. But I hope this episode encourages you to know Jesus walks on water. I want you to pray with me right now that God would help you, whatever it is, that he would help you to trust him. We don't demand him. We don't dictate orders to him. We trust him. And he knows what he's doing even when we don't. And he will lead us to the other side. Would you pray that with me right now? Lord, I trust you. Oh God, I trust you. Whatever you're doing in our lives, Lord, we trust you. We won't demand our way. We won't dictate our orders. We trust you. We know you know what you're doing. I ask you today, help us to have faith. Help us to have trust. Help us to believe you. Help us to look to you. Help us to lean on you, Lord. I pray you administer to everyone listening. Everyone who hears this, help us to listen for your voice and know that you still walk on water. You see us even if we can't see you. We love you, bless you, and most of all, we trust you and we worship you because you are I am. In the name, the precious, powerful, wonderful, matchless name of Jesus, amen. Hey, thanks so much, Simplified listeners. Be sure to click subscribe and share. Click the bell button, click follow, click like. That way you'll never miss an episode and you can share it with your friends. They don't have to miss any episodes either. From here, head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. There are a couple books I've written I'd love for you to pick up. One is called Simplify. It's the devotional that launched this podcast. And the other is 10 Words, a practical look at the Ten Commandments. If you wonder what they mean, what they meant for them, what they mean for us, I cover that in 10 Words. It's also available on Audible. Both books available on Amazon for Kindle and both books available at our 
charming bookstore paragraphs located here in Mount Vernon, Ohio, at the corner of South Main, East Ohio. And each of those copies and paragraphs are signed. So if you want to get a copy of that, you live in the Knox County, Ohio area, you can certainly pick those up at paragraphs. Thanks to everybody who stopped me at General Conference and told me if Simplify has been a help and blessing to you. It was great to hear your stories about how God is using this podcast and others, how God is using all of these resources we have to be able to help you in your devotional life with God, your walk with Him. So thank you to everybody who stopped and said hi. It was an honor to meet you and an honor to have you as a part of our Simplify listening family. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called Just the Crumbs, Please. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus who walks on water as we walk through Simplify.